0: Luke Hughes, Luke Hughes, Jesper Bratt all on the ice. Luke all the way through, he scores! Luke Hughes
1: goes coast to coast and ties it! Are you kidding me? Icing waved off to Chuck. Up for Wood. Long lead pass finds Celebrini. It alone, Celebrini back, headshot, score! Back Celebrini, cannot be stopped that three-on-one and I don't think he was expecting it to come back to him
0: Bedard now Main Street he scores it's over
2: Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area this is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius show
1: here we go. Salt 79 for December the 28th. Hope everybody had a great Christmas. Uh, We're back on Sports 1440 after a few days off. Uh, Thanks so much for everybody uh, tuning in this morning and hopefully everybody had a wonderful Christmas and a couple of days to just kind of, I don't know, recharge, spend it with your family, spend it with your friends and just kind of Relax and uh, take everything in. There was a a few days off from hockey. There was a few days off from uh, the sports world, except for bowl games and things like that. But um, hopefully everybody had a wonderful time with their friends and their family. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, The Oilers are in action tonight uh, after their Christmas break in San Jose to take on the Sharks. And remember the last time these two teams met, well, it was a a 3-2 loss. The Oilers uh, couldn't get it done in San Jose. And that was kind of right when things, I guess, the the low point of the season. I mean, that's it's the truth. Uh, Oilers come in 15-15-1. San Jose 9-22-3. Uh, San Jose, by the way, played last night. So the Oilers come in with the Sharks on a back-to-back. Uh, San Jose lost last night 5-1 to the LA Kings. Our text line is back open, 1833 401 1440. So, did you have a great Christmas? Send us a text. What did you do? Well sounded good to you. The whole bit. Um let's welcome in the Duke of Dalburn, Brandon Douglas, after a well, he worked yesterday, and the only guy that worked in the station, I guess, technically, with Connor uh, Halley. Connor Halley
0: and I were here, and you know, so. uh, Brad Slater, executive producer, uh, yep. popped in. He ran the board for Fantasy Frenzy as we went uh, live for an hour to kind of break up yep. the uh, the best of programming of the day. Talk a little NFL uh, from over the weekend, but yeah, no, Connor and I were in yesterday, and we'll be a uh, two man showing it on the Jason Gregor show for the next couple of days as well. So, couple long ones in mm-hmm. stretch for me here, Kevin. But yeah. hey, it's another another three day weekend coming up. So, uh-huh. what, what do I have to complain about? <laughs>
1: I guess, yeah. How, so how does Greg – how does this work? Like, So <laughs> yeah. Gregor just says, you guys all got to work, but I'll just take the whole week off.
0: Yeah, I believe he is uh, out – I don't know if it's out of town, or. but his, uh, his hockey team that he coaches is playing uh, in some sort of tournament, so that is where his uh, – he kind of, he looked at it, he's like, well, it's two days. And, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, he has the it's utmost simil- faith in Connor Halley and his abilities to, to steer the ship for a couple afternoons. So Gregory said, you know what? Yeah, I'll go uh, do my coaching duties <laughs> and take care of that for a few days. And, um, I mean, it's not exactly like he's lounging on a beach, I guess, if that's any consolation. That's
1: a, that's a sight I don't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> not with that haircut. Not with that hair, not with that body, the whole bit. Uh, so hopefully uh, Gregory's having a wonderful week off. We're back here slugging it out. Uh, As mentioned, Oilers in action tonight. Uh, It's kind of hard to, at at this time of the year, you know, the World Juniors takes over, I guess you could say a lot of people's um, viewing habits. That's a good phrase, I guess. So uh, people watch the World Juniors, they're they're in it, uh, you know, at this, you know, playing in Sweden, the games are on way earlier and things like that, so... Uh, I uh, Laura and I drove home from uh, Saskatchewan and we were able to listen to the world Junior game uh, on Boxing Day at seven thirty. I guess Saskatchewan time is when it started for us, so we 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 left at about seven o'clock on uh on Boxing Day and uh it was just it was fun listening to the game on the radio, driving you know, while it was still dark out. So full moon, unbelievable drive home from Saskatchewan, total full moon over Highway Number Fifteen, I guess, uh, leaving Old Melville, Saskatchewan, uh, towards Ituna and all the little towns that we were talking about, you know, last week with our that one texter that was texting in there. Uh, so you had a full moon, Duke, too, as well. Your it was when you were doing some chores, or yeah. Whatever? I was
0: like kind of wrapping up, and obviously this the the. The moon gets up very early and stays up uh very early into the next morning so it's kind of a, a great uh, it's something i always love like uh, the stars and, and the night sky yeah. obviously a lot more prevalent back home of the farm as opposed to here in the city but yeah like once it got all the way up and the first couple nights it was like creeping up on the full moon and then um starting to recede already now yeah. as we uh, are into this morning but like with the moon up and this like and between that and a couple yard lights scattered around the perimeter, we got, like I talked yeah. about, that big slew in the middle of the yard. We used to rent uh, from our one neighbor down the road on those big light towers, floodlights, uh, generator towers. If we'd have, like, a big uh, hockey game on New Year or New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve with some neighbors and whatnot, wouldn't have needed it on those nights, man. It was fully illuminated. It was crazy. I couldn't believe how bright it was.
1: Even driving, um probably safe to say, And I, I mean, used to do it years ago when a guy was crazy. You could have driven without lights on your vehicle. That's how bright it was. And a clear sky, obviously you need a nice clear sky. And just, again, the the way the Duke is talking about the way the moon was at, uh, you know, well, I guess let's call it 9 o'clock Saskatchewan time, so 8 o'clock here, you know, it's it's pretty low still. Like the moon was really low and it was bright and it just looked outstanding. Um, Just beautiful, a beautiful drive. Uh, It was wonderful spending time with uh, my mom and uh, my brother and nephews, my sister. Uh, Again, isn't that the best uh, when you can go home, not necessarily go home, but just spend it with your friends and family. Text coming in, uh, Hmm. 1-833-401-1440. From Dean, hi, Kevin, two questions. Do you like the big ice like at the juniors? I kind of like it. And how do you think Connor, uh, I guess, Connor uh, McDavid would do on the bigger surfaces? Well, uh, sometimes, you know what? When you ask guys, sometimes it's harder to play on the big ice because it takes you a split second longer to get to where you're going. It doesn't, it it, it shouldn't feel like that or it shouldn't sound like that, but that's, just, it's just the truth. And if you talk, I remember uh, interviewing uh, Patrick Marlowe. Mm, probably right around the world's uh, 10 or 12 years ago, something like that. And he was like, I don't like it. I I think it's harder to play on it. Um, it's difficult in the sense of navigating and moving to where you are and where you have to be at certain areas. Um, only for, I guess, checking standpoints, uh, defensive assignments. He would always say it took me, just that extra split second to get where I'm supposed to go, where I want to go. Um, so I think that's a that's a tougher thing that a lot of players have to deal with. I think Connor McDavid, obviously with the bigger ice, with the speed, would be able to um, expose teammate, uh, expose opponents, expose uh, what he was trying to do, uh, moving towards uh, the goaltender, towards the defense. So I think he would probably be pretty darn good at it and we've all heard Connor talk about I just would like to play in a best on best whether it be Olympics whether it'd be a whatever the the tournament's going to be they're going to have one coming up but I think he would be pretty darn good at it for sure. Um text 1833401 1440 uh, Harry says, friend of mine for thirty years retired, jealous. He and his wife are in Sweden. Some great pictures from uh, Sweden I challenged him to have a herring sandwich, uh, not biting uh, pun intended, who a lot of people have been you know, even before Christmas Duke, we were talking about people sending their, you know Christmas delicacies, Christmas treats, Christmas, this, that. herring was a big a big uh, a big take before Christmas
0: yeah I guess so, and it, it uh, we we talked about this back uh, several times, i think especially with laddie because it is kind of the you know yeah. the european um delicacy particularly scandinavia but uh yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as Harry I don't think you could uh <laughs> you could goat me into giving that a try because i can't, like it's the pickled herring there's a there's another name for it I can't remember it to, it's on the yeah. tip of my tongue but it like it apparently is the worst smelling thing in like in the world that is how rank it is you literally crack this tin can like a can of tuna and the smell like completely fills a room and has people the point of gagging even if you're not sitting right in front of it like you could be yeah. a couple of uh, rows over in your office building per uh for example or something like that and it will bring you to the point of um nausea so you never had any pickled herring in Melbourne for the <laughs> no no we uh we kept it pretty on the on yeah. the mark uh we had a kind of smaller version of christmas uh christmas dinner on christmas day in the in between all the football games, of course, which I actually I actually did not get to watch a, a ton of football. I watched the night games, yeah. um, and by that I just mean Monday and Saturday night because Sunday night, Christmas Eve, I was uh, out and about uh, yeah. at a friend's place. So it was kind of a, a nice break from the sporting world. I still checked in on everything and through to the finals in both my fantasy football leagues, Kevin. There you go. Of course you are. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it's uh, like I say to people, you know, it's an easy trick uh, if you're have, if you're struggling with fantasy football. Um, just start hosting a fantasy football show and all of a sudden you'll be through to the finals every year. So there you go. So, of course, now I'm 0-18 Duke. Um, So what's your – like even with your trade that you made, what's – so it's it's – the trade included half your shots, correct? Yeah, so I'll have to do seven or eight. And then whoever – the person that you made this trade with, what what, what what player did you send them again?
1: I sent them B. John Robinson and Brandon Ayuk for a first and a fourth and half the shots. And half the
0: shots. And is this – person in the finals no I was gonna not after what Bijan's done uh, nope. well too, he probably lost in the quarterfinals uh with what Bijan did this two guy weeks never ago. even made
1: it to the semis so which is great for me because I get a higher, higher draft, draft pick. pick um I'm quite happy with the trade uh having said that uh Gregor and uh our good buddy Grant Jongagen they're in the final
0: oh great so really? Gregor oh man the if final. Gregor wins I don't think he'll uh, be letting you live that down anytime no. soon no
1: And Gregor's never won. Mm -hmm. I would
0: imagine. I haven't checked what's... But that's like the only thing you have on him right now. Yes. It's the only thing. You can lord
1: that, and your uh, 0-18 record does
0: not uh, stand up too well compared to a championship roster.
1: Okay. So this is how the season's gone again, and we've talked about it, Duke, the whole time. So the guy that I played, obviously, so we were the worst two teams. Uh, That's how it, you know... the, The toilet bowl. toilet bowl. Well, technically, we were worse than the toilet bowl. But anyways... So, who am I playing? He gets, he has Amari Cooper. Yeah, me too, in both my leagues. You have him? Yeah. Oh, okay. Been a, been a long time. Over. So, I'm playing the guy that has Amari Cooper. <laughs> no so chance. No. 51 points?
0: 50. Uh, depending on format, yeah. yeah in what, P- PPR well over 50, yeah, 51 to 52, kind of depending. So, it. Do it's funny because when Ke- Connor and I uh, did Fantasy Frenzy yesterday, we kind of did a quick recap. I almost lost despite having Amari Cooper in my Super Flex Ooh. league because, dis- like Alan Soslowski is a guest we have on uh, yeah. Fantasy Frenzy. Pretty great, he's a ride. He's so, he's very funny. And yeah. I asked him specifically. I was like, "Can I go back to Sam Howell this week?" Like we've <laughs> seen it, and he said, "No, pick up Taylor Heineke instead." Ooh. I picked up, picked him up. But some, I was like, no, like the Jets defense, they got to start giving up soon. This team's terrible. Yeah. They did not. Sam Howell, negative almost two full points on the day before getting yanked again. Will not play for the rest of the season now, uh, as yeah. announced yesterday. So with that and Gardner Minshew not having a great day as my QB1 with CJ Stroud still out, between my two quarterbacks... Like, I needed all 52 points from Amari Cooper. I only Mm -hmm. won my matchup by, like, three, thanks to, like, that one last reception by Debo Samuel in the Monday nighter. What
1: do you make of Russell Wilson getting benched
0: here? Well, I heard they're cutting him come March. Saw that uh, headline yesterday. I think there hasn't been any confirmation, but apparently from the report, Russell Wilson has known for several weeks, and he's still been playing. And honestly, I I give more credit to him now than I probably ever have if he's still out there uh, competing. And basically up until this week, they were still... In it. In it, right? In the mix. Yeah. But that uh, that loss on Sunday night to a Patriots team that is obviously not very good, but their defense, I think, is better than a lot of people give them credit for at face value because of how poor their record mm-hmm. is and everything. So uh, I, I give him credit as um, as a pro, still yeah. playing and playing hard, uh, if he has, in fact, known this news that he's going to be cut loose come right. of the offseason. <sighs> but like if you're the Broncos, I think you have to. That's way too much money for a guy who is simply 30, isn't 37? performing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and if you have the opportunity to cut it loose with probably very little uh, repercussions, as we often see in the football world, boy, oh boy, that's because uh, he'll still land somewhere. I mean, of course, he's going to be starting a starting quarterback for a team next season. Where do you think he goes? Like, is, there's a couple landing spots, but yeah, man, how funny would it be if he goes back to Seattle?
1: <laughs> oh, you had the the question in if a uh, in your own. If a different quarterback a different quarterback was starting a, Yeah, Geno. Is what
0: your question That was right? the question. Well, I just say yeah, somebody different and Could you imagine that? That would be wild, but otherwise I think there are a few um I mean with there's been no shortage of quarterback trouble no. this year and uh, a injuries. lot of a lot of teams that might not necessarily and we have, saw. have the draft stock to take the guy they want, Yeah. and so instead there's there's a plenty, plenty as usual, plenty of veteran f- uh, free agents going to be roaming around. Whether mm-hmm. it be Kirk Cousins if he decides to depart from Minnesota, Russ Wilson, uh, we'll see what the respective teams do with Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy might be uh, out of the starting uh, yeah. rotation of QBs. And that I don't risk, think Cousins goes it.
1: back to mini. I don't. I, I had a feeling he's gone.
0: I, I probably because he'll secure another absolute bag because yeah. he's, he's earned it he has with his play uh, and the statistical stuff and the vikings just won't be in a position to do that with the new deal to hawkinson uh, of course with yeah. justin jefferson's going to be owed so i don't know if they'll be able to afford a quarterback like that um well, who knows maybe they go the more and because they've shown they can still win with just okay quarterback play between josh dobbs and nick mullins yeah. hasn't um panned out so well in the most recent weeks but they're capable of it, I guess.
1: But you just mentioned Hawkinson. He could be gone. He's, he's out
0: for the season. And like I said, with that type of tear, good chance of a oh. start of next year. Well, oh, sure.
1: I think he's – I bet he doesn't show up till halfway through the year.
0: It's – let's call it January 1st. They you know, say like nine – and for, for pro athletes, I think nine
1: to ten oh, months is probably realistic. A, yeah, I think it's – So, yeah, it'd be,
0: be well into the start of the season I think anyway. he misses
1: eight weeks of the season. You think so, eh? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's just that serious of So do the
0: do the Vikings almost kind of just punt on next season and uh
1: oh, I don't know. I mean, again, if you don't get Cousins back, now what then, then what's your option?
0: Well, that it's it's pretty a tough pill to swallow to say you're going to uh, waste a year of Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. Exactly. But yeah. uh, I mean, like with no quarterback uh, and if you don't want to pay big money to a free agent one, they're not going to be in a spot to draft a nope. legitimate one. But it, maybe they maybe they draft one in the middle of the first round yeah. and, uh, and develop but them. I actually haven't even checked where their uh, draft stock is. Did they trade this year's pick in that I Hawkinson deal as well?
1: I don't think so. No. I don't think no, so either. Not, but. not number one. So. um well, here we are. It feels weird to say but there's NFL tonight. Uh, we got Thursday night football uh, with Cleveland in action. So uh, when we come back, we'll te- uh, check in with uh, Stephen Ellis from the Daily Faceoff and uh, World Juniors. Uh, ten, I mean, it's really hard to watch, uh, Canada and Latvia. Mark Spector, Frank Saravalli in the 8 o'clock hour. Special guests coming in, Kenny Lacusta and Ethan Hallaby in uh, the studio at 9 o'clock. Ethan Hallaby, one of the top up-and-coming boxers that we've seen in our city in a long, long time. Uh, Bobby O, Bobby Olenek, uh, Edmonton under-15 tournaments uh, on the go at Collingwood Arena. Uh, Brett Hedekin will uh, check in at 10.20 to talk about the Oilers and the San Jose Sharks tonight. When we come back, Stephen Ellis from the Daily Faceoff Talk World Juniors and, uh, well, pretty well all young prospects going on uh, in that sense. But Stephen Ellis will be our guest uh, right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show in on Sports 1440. Stay with us all right welcome back to the big program time now for the puck report brought to you by fountain tire fountain tires more than just uh, tires they offer a wide range of auto repair and services from their expert mechanics visit fountaintire.com to see all the uh, mechanical surfaces services that they offer and as uh, we welcome in Stephen ellis from the daily face off good morning Stephen. welcome back to sports 1440 happy holidays thanks for coming on again buddy yeah, how are you doing? Well, it was a great Christmas. Uh, how was your uh, holiday season so far? How's it been going?
2: Well, there's no such thing as a break. I could tell you that <laughs> when the uh, hockey tournament's on.
1: <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Uh, you know, with the World Juniors starting on Boxing Day, and, uh, you know, there's so many other tournaments that are going on as well. Uh, how do you keep uh, things going and th- keep things rolling? I guess uh, just starting with the World Juniors uh, and Canada's 10 uh victory over Latvia, um kind of hard to get a gauge when a team is uh, so dominant. But uh, what did you see uh, in yesterday's win?
2: Yeah, like, like the, the World Juniors and Spangler Cup being on at the same time, it's like hockey heaven right now. But when it comes to with Canada's World Junior team, watching them play Latvia, it's, the games like that are tough. And you you see in the past, Canada will often start the tournament against a weaker team, and that will be kind of their way to just kind of ease in, and it gets harder as the tournament gets on. But playing Finland in their first game and Sweden in their third game, I think they kind of lucked out on the way the schedule worked out for them. But going against Latvia, a team that got crushed the day before against Sweden, they were tired, they didn't have their better goalie in net. We knew it was going to be a difficult game. I don't think... I expected ten nothing because we've seen Lafayans, uh with a lot of these same players in the past being able to shut things down, and there are some guys on this team that were on the team in Edmonton in 2022 where they went out and beat the Czechs. So we thought maybe they could figure things out here, but uh, just for ten nothing, it just kind of fell apart, yeah. and uh, it wasn't a very entertaining game and <laughs> a day that. Uh, earlier had the the big upset with uh, Germany beating Finland.
1: Is that the big one so far that's caught your eye the most, I guess, Germany beating uh, Finland?
2: Yeah, you know, I think myself and many, many others thought Germany was the team that's going to get relegated. So for them to go out there and beat Finland was a big deal. I think... To be fully fair, I think it, it was more of the Finns just not playing a good game than Germany outplaying them. Uh, because that for Germany that was their first game, they were rested, and the Finns they clearly had more talent out there. They just were not getting things to the net. They didn't seem to work as a unit. And when it comes to Finland, it's either it, it's boom or bust with this team. It seems like every year it's either they're competing for a medal or they're barely alive. And right now this puts them in a bad spot, going zero and two, where. They're not going to get better than third now in their group but they could find themselves in that one game relegation round i still don't think that's going to happen but that's not a spot i would want to be in right now if if that were finland
1: steven ellis daily face-offs our guest on sports 1440 who or what has impressed you so far with the canadian roster just after two games two wins over finland and latvia
2: well it just the fact that this group knew that they had to score by committee and they're getting goals from every line. And that's been such a huge thing in the past. We've seen a bit more offense from the the blue line, but right now it's a lot of scoring from everywhere. Like Owen Allard has a couple goals and he was a long shot to make this team. Connor Geeky, Macklin Celebrini, uh, Matthew Patra, like they're getting goals from everywhere. It's not just the stars. Um, and I think that's very important because last year, you know, Conor Bedard kind of did so much of it himself. It probably didn't matter what guys like Fantelli were doing, but this year there was no Connor Bedard. Yeah, Celebrini's a very top prospect. He's one, he's the number one for a reason, and he's looking like that, and that five-point game definitely showed that. The fact that, you know, it was at one point it was like six goals from six different players last night before we started seeing repeats. That's pretty impressive. And a lot of the top teams can't say that same thing. So the scoring by committee thing's been huge for Canada.
1: What did you think of uh, Czechia coming back after uh, you know a bit of a tougher start, but really uh, give it to Norway yesterday as well?
2: Yeah, I, I just I, I can't explain what happened against the slowback yeah. because. For, for as good of an effort as Slovakia had, the Czechs just did not look right there. And Yuri Kulik was one of the best players in this tournament. He did not show that in that first game. Edward Chala looked like he was invisible, and then they combined for six goals between the two yesterday. So, I think that was more of what we expected from the Czechs. You know, uh, they they're a very talented team that a lot of people had high hopes for. Goaltending was a bit of a question mark for the team heading into the tournament where Michael Ravel, six, six, a guy with a yeah. lot of pedigree, one of the best goalie prospects in the game, finds ways to just fall apart in an international tournament. And that first game felt like that again. That wasn't the case yesterday where Norway gave them a lot to think about in the first half of that game but uh, it was good to see the Czechs get that confidence back because losing to Slovakia is never popular
1: there <laughs> Stephen Ellis our guest on uh, Sports 1440 on the Canadian team is there anyone that has kind of caught your eye a little bit more than others and do you see someone maybe I guess <sighs> upping their stock so to speak uh, uh, you know moving forward in in uh, as the tournament progresses here
2: well, I think the, the one for sure is Owen Allard, where undrafted guy. And I remember when uh, I was kind of leaked that he was going to be joining Canada's selection camp roster. I'm like, why? I don't get this. He's a, yeah, he's a point-per-game player, but he's 19 years old, and that's not necessarily impressive in the OHL. But watching how much, like, how, how much of an impact he's had since that selection camp in Oakville, where he's playing really good defensive hockey. He's one of the fastest players on the team. And he was kind of more of the defensive specialist that would play the penalty kill and things like that. But he's now on the power play and has two goals to show for. So really impressive for me. To He's been one of the most consistent players this entire tournament. Um, but another one was Ty Nelson. Seeing him where he didn't make the initial team, I thought he probably should have. Uh, he made the, the the team as a late-minute addition when uh, Tanner Molendijk was injured. And I thought he was one of Canada's yeah. best players yesterday. He had a couple points, a couple big hits. So uh, I think, you know, those two guys have really stepped up in a way where not many people had expectations for either of them, and they've looked good.
1: Mm-hmm. Steven Ellis, uh, Daily Faceoff, our guest on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Steven, how do you think the coaching staff handles the goaltending? Situation starts, sits, uh, moving forward. Uh, you know, as as the uh, tournament progresses, here
2: it's been interesting to see because uh, Mathis Rousseau was the guy that it, they seem to indicate that they, they he had the edge uh, after selection camp. He looked really good in the uh, U Sports select team, but he's played every single game between the the pre-tournament games against Denmark, USA, and, and Switzerland, and then now the two World Junior games. And I was surprised to see him play yesterday. I think they knew that they were probably going to beat Lafayette, but I think that sounded like Russo really just wanted to, to stay in the groove, and he's playing well right now. Why jeopardize that? Mm. Uh, I thought that maybe after a couple of difficult pre-tournament games, they would split things, and it is pretty rare. If you look at the history of this tournament, for a goalie to play the very first two days of the tournament, you like to get those guys arrested But... Now you know he's going to play against Sweden because that's an important game, and then they're going to have a bit of a rest before they play Germany. So he probably could play the rest of the way, and that's unusual for a team like Canada there. Even when Devin Levi had that one great year and, and guys like that, like there still were other goalies that got a chance, and I don't know if we're going to see that right now. So if they believe in Russo, uh, I don't see why they should change
1: that. Did he not say, uh, Stephen, did Russo not say that he wanted to play, that uh, he needed a little more action pre-tournament too?
2: Yeah, you know, the, we saw the plan wasn't for him to play that last game mm-hmm. against the Americans, and I thought that was interesting that they had him start against Switzerland and wasn't going to play him against the Americans. Like, okay, are they maybe leaning not have him be the starter, but for him to go out there and and have a difficult game, but then bounce back and look really good against Finland. Uh, this is someone who had a lot to prove. Small goalie, undrafted. This is his last year of draft eligibility, and I know scouts are looking at him. I still think at 5'11 that doesn't help his case, but you saw Thomas Millich last year that size doesn't necessarily matter at this tournament.
1: Do you think that he has the capability and the ability to move up and and um, I guess uh, you know to be an NHL goaltender?
2: I, I'm not I'm not sure yet. You know, yeah. looking this year, he's the best goal in the CHL. I think he was the, probably the guy with the best shot of getting this number one gig. But a 5'11", he got exposed a lot in that pre-tournament, uh, especially against the United States, where he got beat up high a lot, you know, things like that. But he moved so well. So he, a lot of young, small, smaller goalies will look at themselves and say, like, I want to be like UC Soros. He himself said he wants to be a bit more like Dustin Wolf, and I do see some similarities. I'm just I'm not a believer yet. I think just 5'11 is a little too small by these standards.
1: So, Canada's next game against Sweden, what do you make of the Swedes so far, Uh, 6-0 in their uh, game against Latvia, so uh, what do you see from Sweden so far?
2: Well, kind of like Canada, they had some pre-tournament hiccups where uh, they they struggled against the Swiss, uh, where they took a big lead and the Swiss fought back, and Sweden was really relying on their their power play and then they they got outplayed big time by the americans and when we saw them in that first game i think it was like the first four goals were with the man advantage so they definitely need to improve their five on five game but when it comes to sweden we just know how much talent they have they're one of the favorites to win this tournament i think any of their goalies can win games uh so we'll have to see how they they look today but uh, i think with with them they're They've got a lot of speed, a lot of skill, and they'll beat you on that power play. So Canada needs to be able to match that. And I think we do have the, a few extra games for Canada to watch to, to kind of determine how good they've been. And I do think Canada would be the favorite to win in that match. But leading on home ice, that, that's going to be a huge game for them. That they are playing Finland on that last game on December 31st, that'll be pretty popular. But we know that at least half the crowd is going to be Canadian fans watching. So I think the crowd is going to be pretty crazy. And uh, if you're going to show up for any game, Sweden, that's got to be the
1: one. On that topic, uh, as we're guesting with Stephen Ellis from the Daily Face Off, what have you thought about the crowds just watching on, you know, the uh, the Canadian games and, and, and the other games, obviously just seeing the uh, it seems pretty low for attendance. What do you think?
2: Well, I was at that tournament in Edmonton when I was counting 10 or 11 people in the crowd <laughs> for warm up so I guess it's better than that, but yeah, you know, the thing about European junior tournaments is they're not very popular. Um, the Men's World Championship is what really matters. Like, you put a tournament there in Sweden, and it's going to sell out most games. The U-20 tournaments typically don't, um, so this is not too much of a surprise, but again, we've seen in Canada where the tournament can be held here and. Very low attendance. The difference being that you know the NHL rinks are obviously a lot bigger than the Swedish rinks. But I, I'm a little disappointed to not see some better crowds because usually European fans travel really well. Like we're not seeing the crazy Latvian fans, the crazy Slovakian fans, the Norwegian fans, guys that we saw even at the U18s where they were going nuts. So I was kind of hoping for better, but yeah. obviously you know Canada games have been crazy. Finland, uh, USA, Sweden, of course. And I think as the tournament goes on, it'll be a bit different, but not always easy to pack a a noon game between two non-local teams, I guess, in some cases.
1: Stephen Ellis, uh, Delhi Face Off, our guest on Sports 1440. So two games today, kind of a, a lighter schedule at the World Junior, Stephen. So U.S. and Switzerland in, oh, I guess about an hour and a half or so. What do you expect in this one?
2: Well, the Americans are the team to beat for sure in this tournament. They and they're rested, so there's that. So they had a bit of a difficult game there against Norway, but I think that was more of Norway just playing their hearts out more than the Americans were just not good enough. They they didn't get enough from their their top six scorers, but they got some, a lot of goals a lot of offense from deeper in the lineup, and I think that was pretty good. Uh, The power play worked very well, and I thought goaltending was good. So, uh, the Americans are the team to beat, and Switzerland, they're coming off of a pretty difficult loss, where they they thought they were going to go out there and beat Slovakia. They were definitely the better team in that game, and they were rested, but uh, adam gayon the goalie for slovakia that was the star of the tournament last year just came out and had an even better performance yesterday so uh the swiss will be looking to to bounce back they're not a very offensive team they don't have a star player to kind of kind of take things forward but the americans i think that i, I wouldn't be shocked if they get to the final without any real difficulty in this tournament
1: and then sweden and germany in the uh prime time game Stephen and uh I mean, Germany's got to be on such a high after beating Finland, but a a really tough task to play the the Swedes. What do you see in this one?
2: Yeah, I kind of wish they got a day off uh, before having to play this game because this feels tough for them. The Swedes are going to be rested. They're going to be at home, and uh, that's going to be playing in their favor. But the Germans, they just showed that they could just fight to the death. Again, their starting goalie got injured before the tournament, so they've been down a man and an already weak team, and they just – worked so hard, that was the thing and they're blocking shots and making life difficult, so they need to do that again it'll be interesting to see who they choose to go in net but uh, I, I, I have a hard time straying away
1: from Sweden winning this game Yeah, And then, you know, with Sweden I guess it'll be back-to-back playing Canada just kind of tee up uh, tomorrow's game, Canada and Sweden
2: Well, I, I do expect Sweden to probably have a much better time with, uh, with the, the the Germans today, which means they might not be as rusted as if they had to go to an overtime situation, but I think with Canada being rusted, everything's working right now. The, the Everyone's really happy with how this group's going. The goaltending has been good. I, I'm going to go with Canada just because they're riding high right now. That might be tough to stop.
1: What do you, What have you made of uh, the Canadian defense so far? I mean, uh, it's hard to get a gauge when you're winning 10 nothing, but just defensively, structure, things like that, what do you make so far?
2: I know that was a kind of a weakness for a lot of people, but I didn't really see it that way because it's a group that moves well and, and, and packs well. And I think that was very clear yesterday. You know, we, they have two really big guys and six foot seven Maverick Lamoureux and six foot five Noah Warren, and they haven't had to be these huge shutdown guys just yet. But I thought they looked pretty good against the Finns. They made it very difficult for a team that likes to to get creative with their chances, uh, limit those opportunities so they couldn't do that. So I think that. Given that this is a Canadian defense that's missing Kevin Korchinski, missing Tristan Leno, missing Tanner Molendek, they're, they're missing three of the best guys they could possibly have available. I think they're still looking pretty good, and a lot of that is yeah. that Tim Matejuk's looking good, and I think Maverick lamero has been Canada's most consistent defenseman. So yeah. I think it's been good enough, but we'll see kind of what happens against Sweden. That will be a, a huge test for them.
1: You just mentioned him. Uh, what have you made of Matejuk so far?
2: There's a reason that he had a bazillion points heading into this tournament, and it was good as he was because he uh, he had a long time off in between games. He didn't score in his last game in the WHL, went to the the training camp, didn't play in any of the games as they kept him rested, and then uh, looked pretty good in the pre tournament. So he's been having to be one of Canada's better players, and again, there's a reason he's been successful this year. He can play the power play, he can play that two way game, and I would not be shocked if he's playing in the NHL next year.
1: One last one for you, uh, Stephen Ellis, Daily face uh Matt Savoy. I think he's got a little more to give. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I've legitimately been a little disappointed that yeah. he hasn't been able to kind of show a lot more than what he's capable of now granted that finished game that was a tight game to begin with but the game against Latvia he didn't go out there and get a ton of points and that's okay like I know in the past you'll see guys like oh he didn't get a ton of points in this blowout like mm-hmm. what's wrong it's like they, they stopped using him at points I still think he's showing that speed he still had a lot of those chances against Finland so uh the points just haven't worked out yet but uh, I think that as this tournament gets on, we're going to show. He's going to show why he's one of the most exciting prospects in the game today.
1: Yeah, he's a good, good player. I think he just needs to find his way a little bit more and and see what shakes down. Uh, Stephen, thanks so much for your time. Enjoy the, the uh, two games today, and then uh, Canada and uh, Sweden tomorrow. Thanks for coming on. Uh, happy holidays. Uh, happy New Year to you as well. Yes, you too. That's Steven Ellis, daily face-off and our guest uh, on Sports 1440 and part of our puck report brought to you by Fountain Tire. Head to FountainTire.com to check out their winter tire lineup and brand offerings. Uh, Did you get to watch that game yesterday, Duke? I mean, you watch for about, what, a period or so and then it's just it's pointless almost Th- that's
0: kind of where i come out on this i like the, there was a time in my life maybe it was when i had a little bit more free time or maybe yeah. was a little bit more bored with uh, what to do with it uh, that I, I would sit down and watch every minute of virtually every game uh you know with some of the overlap flipping back and forth but it's now where i obviously hone in on the canada games and ones like that yesterday where like stephen said it's really tough to gauge actually what players are necessarily doing well because I think the bigger thing is you don't want to see bad habits develop and blow games like that. And I don't necessarily think that was the case. The yeah. game was pretty close, actually, early on, right? Uh, but then all of a sudden when the floodgates opened, and then it was uh, I had a buddy message our, our group chat saying it was basically just a great big C concert for the uh, the second half of the game because they just tacked <laughs> on goal after goal in such quick succession. Uh, great, great choice for the goal song, by the way, in my I personal opinion. I don't like it at all. I, uh, I'm a huge great Are big it? C fan. Uh, I love... Um, the uh, the lead singer Alan Alan yeah uh, last name uh, escapes me the yeah. moment, but uh, he uh, yeah I, I'm a big fan of them great Canadian group and uh, it's I like you know them, what? you can I I appreciate the teams putting their own touch on their own individual year and not just running back obviously they can't run back the uh, the the sea shanty from yeah. uh, from the East Coast yeah. but they kind of kept it East Coast with the with Great Big Sea so I like each team putting their own personal spin on. You know their version of the tournament, and not just trotting back a, a tried and true one. Whether it be like the Hey Baby or, or the Ch- Peppers, you know, whatever. Yeah. Because each one's good in their own way.
1: I, I like the choice this year. I don't like it. I just as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, not for gotta you, be, hey. Got to have a better song than that <laughs> for a goal song, but. Maybe, again, when you say it, you play it 10 times, you're kind of going <laughs> all of a
0: sudden wears pretty thin on you, right?
1: Exactly. Uh, top of the hour, we will check in with Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet and Frank Saravalli from the Daily Faceoff. at 8 o'clock and 8.20. Uh, tons more. Also, Ken LaCousta and Ethan Hallaby in studio at 9 o'clock. I just wanted to mention that for all our boxing fans to uh, check in with that. So uh, tons more to come on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Welcome back to the big program, 748 in Edmonton. And the Duke comes through with B.A. in the 740 segment. Edmonton Oil Kings with a big win last night, starting off their road trip. Man, that's a tough road trip. And to go into Prince George last night, beat the Cougars 6-4. Nash uh, had a hat-trick, four-point night, I think, yeah. Three uh, just goals.
0: three goals, I think, okay. uh, just, just to look at the box score. Oh, they here. changed uh, it? I thought might, he had, Might might have robbed okay. one of them uh, as of this morning. But, uh, yeah, I mean, top, top oh. dog in the Western Conference, Prince George Cougars.
1: We had uh, Luke Pearson before Christmas, and he was talking about, you know, sometimes you can go in there and sneak in and uh, basically beat the top team in the Western Conference. Prince George Cougars off to a great start. And uh, Oil Kings win at 6-4. So the Kings continue their West Coast road trip. And it's a tough, these are just, they're hard trips. These guys are on the, they're either on the bus, they're either playing or they're in the hotel for, I don't know, 11 days, 12 days. So the Oil Kings now head to Vancouver and will play the Giants. And that game is tomorrow. And then it's a back-to-back as they will take the ferry over to Victoria. So they play in Vancouver tomorrow, and then Victoria on the thirtieth. Uh, New Year's Eve off, and then they just then it's just nonstop—a game every second day with travel in Everett, Kamloops, Kelowna, and Calgary. I would imagine, and I think I think Luke did kind of confirm it that they will see uh, Joel Ginla. They'll bring back Joel Ginla, who's, who plays out there. Uh, actually in the max, I guess, right? Or, sorry, Circle K uh, right now. Uh, And then they will bring him back and be able to play him in, I believe, Kamloops and Kelowna on the third and the fifth, possibly. I think he get five games, so he's played two already. So uh, he'll play a couple more games. Also last night, Bakersfield Condors with a big victory, 3-1 over Henderson Silver Knights. Drake Cajula had three points. Came uh, He was suspended, actually, and then came back uh, after a suspension. Bakersfield improves to 11, 10, and 2. It's fourth straight over the Silver Knights, 15, 12, and 3. Uh, Olivier Rodriguez stopped 29 shots, has a 9.42 save percentage over his last four starts, leads all American Hockey League goaltenders in save percentage. So. I'm sure a lot of people will be talking. I, I would imagine, I would think that Jack Campbell's pretty well done, and unfortunately, sad to say, uh, just can't get it together between the years and things like that. But I would think that he would be giving way. I guess you could say to Olivier Rodrigue, in the sense that. He still needs to develop. I mean, he's got to play. He has to play. And Campbell just not their Duke. Unfortunately, it's sad. it's it's sort of a sad story to be. It, honest It, with it you.
0: really is because he's a guy that I think a lot of people root for. Uh, obviously, it's a very high draft pick. Uh, struggled in the K- uh, Stars organization. Kind of re- refines himself uh, after la- moving over to the Kings, and and when you immer- and then traded to the Leafs. Good run there big contract a lot of expectations coming here to Edmonton as the number one guy but I think you hit it really well Kevin when you said like the 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 Oilers aren't at a point where they can just keep giving him games for the sake oh. of giving them to him because they do have another prospect there who you need to give reps to and it's not and it's kind of the flip side too because sometimes you have prospects that are struggling but you keep them in the lineup because they're prospects and they're not your journeyman yeah. AHL guys well it, it uh, Rodriguez, A, earning it with his play. He's a player of the week, for goodness sake. Mm-hmm. He's been terrific down there. And uh, and and you can't sit him on the bench just for the sake of trying to have your supposed-to-be number-one goaltender banished to the minors struggling to actually maintain a, a level of play worth starting at that level. So it, it is sad. I th- I don't think anybody wishes him ill will we, we hope he can get things back on track in some capacity and, and this idea got floated out to the text line I, I apologize I can't remember who sent it, it was seemingly a long time ago It to maybe if you could explore the option of finding somewhere else for him to play if there's another AHL program that maybe doesn't have any goaltending depth and you can loan him out there it's not very common I fully yeah. understand that but the, the, the fact of the matter is that he's not going to get very little if any playing time with Bakersfield right now
1: I just I think that there isn't a team in the in the that NHL would, that, that would do it that wants him. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, I mean, and this is. Oh, look at it this way. Everyone knows how much of a stand-up guy that Zach Hyman is, and he is a guy that you. There isn't a team in this league that wouldn't say, "We we don't want Zach Hyman." Zach Hyman is a team guy first. He is supportive of so many people also a good friend of jack campbell's he was one of the guys that said we need you know let's get him in here he is a good guy he's a good goalie you know he had a good run in toronto that one year but hyman was the guy that helped facilitate this there's no doubt about that but when you see someone just struggle like the way he is, it's it's hard to watch it's it's tough uh, when we come back, Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet on the mark for Booster Juice and Frank Saravalli Daily Faceoff, our headliner of the, of the day for Mr. Rooter. That's coming up at the uh, top of the hour. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. Well, you know, I almost forgot that it's Thursday in the sense that there's a game tonight. Uh, Wear an NFL jersey tonight to the West Edmonton Mall location right here, the mall that has it all, you'll get 50% off wings. Here's the Duke of Delbert, Brandon Douglas, with a Sports 1440 update.